We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal is here in studio with us. Well, having a couple of little technical difficulties, but he's here, live in there. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing well, Chris, and how are you this morning? I think we're going to be all right here. Hopefully. <laughs> What's know, we news? got baseball contracts, lockouts, and things like that, but, boy, we got a curveball today, didn't we? Yeah, huh? we, yeah we did. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We are broadcasting with duct tape this morning. <laughs> I think we are, yep. Right. <clears throat> yep, so, uh, you know, this is what happens when you uh, step into the studio. We've got connectivity all around the country, and... Somebody's gear is not quite working, so we're just broadcasting right over the YouTube channel. So here we go, and we're connected into the radio station. Right, Chris? You got it. There you go. So it'll be a fun, fun, uh, fun broadcast today anyway. Uh, I'd like to continue to listen, uh, welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our longtime listeners on Sirius XM, Channel 131, Family Talk, Coast to Coast and Border to Border, and our viewers on LarryRosenthal.tv. Check it out on YouTube. You can go check it out, LarryRosenthal.tv, and watch us actually live stream the show. Today was not all the quite gear to work in, but it'll be okay. So, boy, another topsy-turvy week this past week in the market, huh, Chris? Oh, yeah. We had volatility all over the place. You know, the market is hanging on earnings reports every day. It's hanging on any indication of inflation pressures, any indication of, of, of you know, market-moving reports, I should say, right? We had earnings that came in this week from big box tech that were not that good with Meta. The market took a big dive. We're going to come back extremely strong the next day when Amazon blew earnings out of water. Huge, huge. So, you know, that's the reason people buy stock is based off the future anticipation of corporate earnings down the road, right? 
And then you take a look at non-farm payroll served by 467,000. Unemployment ticked up a little bit to about 4%, but boy, we added a lot of jobs there. The quit rates are dropping a little bit. You know, things are starting to, to sort of gel together in this picture of what we're going to be looking like, you know, in the coming months with inflation and how aggressive or lack of aggressiveness the Fed may be over the coming, you know, during uh, this year in 2022 to combat down inflation by raising rates and doing things like that. Uh, you know, speaking of interest rates, the Fed, the uh, we're going to get we're going to get the uh, inflation numbers for January this Thursday, this Thursday morning at 8:30. You know, stay tuned. That that's going to be a big market moving number when inflation comes out to register what it was like in January. Consensus seems to think it's going to be a little bit higher than December. December's number was 7%. People are looking at it to be around 7.2%. But we'll wait and we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's, again, as we get this inflation narrative more and more clear over the coming months, stocks are going to react up and down. So expect some volatility. But consensus seems to be on Wall Street by a lot of the different economists out there that the second half of this year, we're going to see inflation come down from its peak. Now, it's not going to come back down to where it was in 2020 or 2021, obviously. Okay, but the word seems to be it's going to come back down or start a trajectory down over the next several months, you know, the, the second half of this year. So we'll wait and we'll see, see how it looks. On the other side of the street here, we've got corporate earnings. And we've had about 55% of the S&P 500 so far report, you know, each quarter, like this one, January, February, March, the S&P 500 companies report their corporate earnings. We've had about 55% of them report so far this month, uh, this quarter, based off of last quarter, which is December, which is the fourth quarter of 2020 compared to the fourth quarter of 2021. And we've seen just huge numbers. We've seen earnings grow, you know, um, blended earnings growing at about 29%, which is fantastic. You know, the underpinnings of the economy are very strong. We have a lot of demand in the economy. We have a lot of innovation happening in business, in biotech, biopharmaceuticals, um, technology, transportation, the whole nine yards. You know, I was reading this past week that, and I really wanted to take a deep look into, you know, how are goods transferred? How do they move around our country? And 73% of all goods that you and I use, Chris, in our household and in our businesses are transported by trucks all across our country. Now, you know, I knew it was a big number, but I didn't know the exact number, but that's a big, big number, you know, and, and that's, you know, hey, Appreciate it. You know, what a great job. What a great industry. We need to get it, you know, continuing to, to, to move forward. But there's a lot of transportation going on out there with, with our goods and services. And that's some of the areas where we're hurting for jobs, too, um, you know, with, with it all. So what does this mean going forward? What does the market, what, is it, what are the markets telling us? You know, the, the, the stock market, again, is a forward-looking economic indicator. The stock market's looking down the road and sometimes around the corner as to where it thinks the economy is going to be in several months. That's the way the market looks. What about the bond market? You know, what is the bond market telling us? What does the bond market predict for us? And, and we have to take a look at what's called the yield curve. 
The yield curve is you list, you list out all the government bonds, the one month, the three month, the six month, the one year, the three year, the 10 year, the 20, the 30, all the way up from the one month bond all the way up to the 30 year bond. And what you want to see in good economic times is what we call a normal sloping yield curve. In other words, the one month bonds interest rates or yield is very, very low compared to the 30 year yield which is high, and you just sort of have a, a normal sloping yield curve. The longer you go out on the bond or, or, the, or the maturity of the bonds, the higher the interest rate should be, right? Makes sense. And, and sometimes that curve tends to flatten where interest rates compress and, and the curve gets a little flat. Sometimes interest rates expand and the curve gets steeper. Sometimes the interest rates invert where you have the front end of the curve, which is the one year, the two year, the three year bond could actually be higher in interest versus the 30 year bond, right? That's an inverted yield curve. That's not good. That usually indicates somewhere down the road, there could be a recession, right? And, and so where's our yield curve today? How does that play out? Well, the yield curve is normally slope is normal sloping today, which is good, shows good positive economic information and economic data. But when the Federal Reserve starts to raise interest rates, they can only affect the short end of the curve. In other words, they can't really affect the long end by raising interest rates. They can do other things that can affect the long end. But when they start to raise interest rates next month in March, which is what I believe they're going to do, we have to be very aware of what the yield curve is really doing. That's going to be a good indication of, of you know, the stability in the markets, the stability in the economy, too. So keep an eye on that. Watch the 10-year note. The 10-year note closed Friday, yesterday, at 1.916% interest, which is kind of a spike up, you know. We think that the 10-year note probably by the, you know, well, everybody has, has uh, embarrassed themselves by trying to figure out where these interest rates go in all their predictions each year, you know, but people are predicting all over the place uh, where the 10-year note's going to be by the end of this year, talking about two and a quarter, maybe two and a half, you know, somewhere in that area, which when you take a look at it, uh, you know, almost this time last year was at 0.5, 0.6. That's a big increase. But when you step back and you look at it on a relative basis, you know, having a 2% or 2.5% 10-year note in the scheme of, of, of Wall Street, of markets, of the economy, it's really not that bad, relatively speaking. You know, it's not until the 10-year note starts to get upwards around 35 or 4% that, does, that, that it really substantially stalls out the economic growth in the economy. So we've got a lot of room to breathe. Um, you know, this is not panic time by any means at all. It is just changing economic backdrops. It's taking a look at new, a new set of economic data. Again, I've told you before, inflation is going to come down either naturally by supply catching up to demand or by the Fed slowing down the economy a little bit. And that's kind of where we are today. Uh, expect some more volatility as we see these reports come out every single day. It's a great time to look at your portfolios to rebalance. When you're talking about rebalancing your portfolio in this type of a volatile market, you have to ask the question, what's causing the volatility? 
we know right now that the majority of what's causing the volatility is inflation pressures, right? We also see that corporate earnings are doing fantastic. We have some geopolitical risks as well. So the question becomes this. If inflation ends up being too bad or inflation ends up being not bad enough, how would you rebalance your portfolio? And the question, and the answer is this: Well, if inflation's too bad, you're going to shift your portfolio away from certain areas and more towards others. Whereas, if inflation ends up not being as bad as it as you fear, then you don't want to make as big of a shift as possible. My point is this: is over the course of the next, I don't know, several weeks, handful of months, you're going to be looking at making little, tiny, incremental changes in your portfolio. It's almost a, ser- a scenario if you want to almost rent value-type stocks but own growth long-term. You know, that's the way this thing's really looking to play out right now. So the Fed is going to be a very crucial uh, component uh, or, or player in this, as they always are, never fight the Fed, right, um, and w- when we see all this stuff play out. My point is take a good look at where your portfolios are today. If you want to get an analysis on your investments, on your portfolio, on on how everything's pulling together for you in your financial plan, give us a ring at 855-ROSE123 or just simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Fire us off an email. We'll send you out some information on how to analyze your investments. Take a look at your beta, your standard deviation, your alpha, all those kind kind of fun technical terms. And, and then you'll be able to really see what kind of risk-reward relationship you have inside your investments. Well, Chris, it's open mic Saturday. Enough on the markets. Let's turn this thing over to questions, right? It's open mic Saturday. I love it. That means no questions barred at all. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's the cdfi.org your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community go to the cdfi.org make a difference go to the cdfi.org
You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, you can do so, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who's here in studio with us. Larry. Sure, Chris. Um, You know, so what time of year is it? Uh, The first part of the year. (laughs) The first part? Winter time. Yeah, that is a safe answer. I like that. I like that. (laughs) But usually what happens in the first quarter of the year, January, March, and April, people look to IRAs, right? Yeah. Hey, can I fund my IRA? Have I made too much money? What about putting money in my retirement plan at work, the government TSP, 401k plans, so forth and so on like that, right? What's the story with, with all of that? Well, you know, I want to talk today about the Roth IRA and putting money into the Roth IRA. How do you get money in it? And specifically, I want to start talking about a tax allocation strategy. When you when you take a look at the opportunity that we have to save money in a tax advantage way, we've really got to unpack this. And on one hand, if you put money into a pre-tax program, like a pre-tax IRA, where you're actually being able to write that money off on your taxes each year, okay, you get a current tax deduction now, which is great. Nobody can ever take it away from you, and it helps you on this year's tax return, right? However, that money grows tax-deferred, and when it comes out down the road, it's fully taxable. And when you're 72, you're forced to take out a minimum amount each year simply because the government wants their taxes. On the other side of the street, you have a Roth IRA where you can put money into it, but you cannot um, take it off on your taxes this year. It's a non deductible contribution. However, there, the money grows tax deferred. And when you go to pull the dollars out, as long as it's in there for five years or to 59 and a half, it comes out tax-free, income tax-free, federal and state. So it's interesting. Just think about this for for, for a second. You're in high income earning years and you're going, man, I need a tax deduction today. I need a tax deduction today. So you sort of think about, well, let's put it on the pre-tax side. Help us out today. But fast forward down the road, you're in your retirement years, and you're going, boy, I'd really like to get some of this tax-free income now because the kids are grown and gone. I don't have business expenses anymore. I don't have that much mortgage expenses anymore, right? I'd like to get some tax-free income for myself, hence the Roth IRA. So what's the game plan with all of this? You know, we've talked before about asset allocation. We've talked before about Product allocation, you know, different things between mutual funds and individual stocks and ETFs and so forth and so on. Let's talk a little bit about tax allocation right now. Then I want to talk about backdooring a Roth IRA because this is really the season to do that. And what does that mean? Well, when you take a look at the four different lenses that the IRS views our money in, taxable, tax deductible and deferred, non-deductible and deferred, tax exempt and tax free, If I had a dollar to invest, I'd put a quarter in each tax system. That way I'm getting advantages both today as well as down the road and while the money's growing, too. And so so you have to look at your tax allocation strategy. Stop and think for yourself for a moment. How much money have you saved in retirement plans? How much of that money? And here's the question. Well, well, here's the statement on that. You control 100% of it, but you only own about 30, 25, or 30% of it, because when that money comes out, 
you have to pay income taxes on it, right? In some cases, uh, Fed and state, depending on where you live. So a lot of people say, well, there I make too much money. I'm not eligible to put money into a Roth IRA. And, and no, you can do what's called backdooring a Roth IRA, which is making a contribution to a traditional IRA that's not tax deductible, and then you can convert it to a Roth. Therefore, you can make a conversion of a traditional IRA that's non-deductible into a Roth IRA and make contributions to the Roth IRA each year. It's just, it just requires a couple of extra steps, but you can still do it now. In the Build Back Better legislation, which did not go through, <clears throat> they were examining eliminating that, but it's still on the books, okay, for this year. Now, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future, but this is kind of the season to really take a good look at where your investments are, your tax allocation planning, you know, so forth and so on, you know, kind of going from there. Um, hey, give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. If you have any questions on IRAs, Roth IRAs, what about conversions to Roth IRAs? Are you eligible for an IRA? All those kind of questions. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. With inflation pressures higher, with inflation pressures higher, what does that do to your investment strategies? What does that mean going forward? You know, when you take a look at what you have to earn, you have to beat Taxes, inflation, and fees, that's the net dollar that you can pull out of your investment, right? So if you're taxed, you have to overcome those hurdles. And so I was talking with someone the other day, and they were saying to me, you know, they're retired, and they were saying, hey, Larry, this is good news that interest rates are going to be going up because now I can get a little bit of interest at my bank. And I said, well, yeah, it is good news from that standpoint. But the reason it's going up is because of inflation. So you're still losing purchasing power to dollars. Even if the interest rates in the bank pay you, you know, let's say 1%, there's still a good chance that interest rates are going to be higher. I'm sorry, that inflation pressures are going to be higher than the interest that you're receiving in the bank. And so you have to take a look at aggregately all of your dollars all across the spectrum. Oh, nothing well, to worry about. Keep going. You're good. You're on the speakerphone here. Yeah, I was trying to do a couple of things with it. That's all. Well, keep going. It's all good. Okay, so you need to take a look at your aggregate investment. Your aggregate investments across the uh, across the board, as far as how much money do I have in the bank, how much money are in my different investments. What's the aggregate household return? On a, on a position of looking at after tax, after inflation, and after fees, where is your dollar? Because you, got, you have to keep pace with taxes and inflation long term. And that's really the big thing. And, and, and traditionally, you need to be earning around 4 or 5% uh, to net yourself a positive 2% annualized rate of return after this. So it's going to be interesting to see how inflation plays out this year. And this time next year, we'll be talking about these types of returns that you have to have. Bank accounts will give you a little bit more. But remember, you've got to make sure that aggregately, household-wise, all of your dollars are outpacing everything. And we're going to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. 
That's seven six that's eight five five rose one two three or eight five five seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a call. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However... Can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Well, there's nothing like live radio. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Let's talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in studio. Now, let's see. Are you are you with us, Larry? I am. Can you hear me now? I think the other way was a little bit better. We're going to need to mute your speaker there on your on your computer there, and then we'll be able to talk. Is that better? No, we're getting to an echo. So I'll go ahead and uh, call me back, or actually, just go ahead and turn on your uh, turn on your uh, your speaker there on your on your on your receiver, and we'll try again. Just uh, your normal Zoom, like you always do it. Let's try that. Let's see if that works for you. Are you, you're, there you, you go. Shut out. How about that one? That'll work. Let's try that. All right, let's go. I can't hear anything. Are you going to go ahead and unmute your speaker no, as well? Go ahead. And you're uh, AK. We're Roy awesome. Aiken, how are you today? Roy, you with us? Or Aiken? <laughs> Kelly Roy Aiken, that's a country music star. <laughs> Aiken, are you with us? O'Keen, maybe, I guess? Can you hear us? O'Keen, you with me? Yeah, I'll put him back on hold. We'll hopefully try to get a hold of him a little bit later on, Larry. Okay. Yeah. Keep on trucking here. You know, I, I, I wish everybody could sort of see what's going on in the studios here because uh, Chris <laughs> is working hard today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got all kinds of technical difficulties and we can't figure out where it's coming from. But, you know, that's life and you can't, you know, you just got to gotta roll with gotta it. Got to right? roll with it. We'll figure it out. It'll, Isn't that it'll, song, Roll With The Punches? Roll With The Punches. Yeah, I remember that song. Sure is. It sure is. Hey, we've got some people calling in right now. We'll keep calling. We'll get you on the air here in just a minute. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up and follow us on Facebook. Check out our newsletter. You can sign up for our newsletter 
We send out a weekly market commentary. It's pretty in-depth, a couple pages long. Uh, gets technical sometimes. Sometimes it's high view. But we send that out each week, uh, as well as a monthly newsletter. There's no cost for it. Be happy to get you on that list. We want to continue to provide you with, with education, right? You know, as, as as far as all that goes, you know. Hey, in, in, in Scripture here, Mark chapter 4, verse 19, it says, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the world. Uh, I'm sorry, and choke the word, making it unfruitful. We need to make sure that we're staying in the word, right? And we don't get distracted by worldly things. And uh, because this is all temporal, you know, we need to make sure that, especially when it comes to, well, our relationships and everything, but, but when it comes to money and wealth building and stuff like that, which we talk about all the time on this show, you know, we want to we continue to view it with an eternity in, in mind, with our internal eternity per, perspective in mind, that it's the Lord's, uh, you know, and Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So let's make good biblical sound decisions. Let's get some education going on and what we should be able to do, right? That's what we want to be taking a look at. So, you know, the markets are up and down all around. What's going on with with taxes, what's going on with legislation, inflation, corporate earnings, your stock portfolio, and just yada, 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 just on and on and on, right? But we've got to break this down here. We've got three, basically four types of, of big picture, if you will, investment risk. Types of investment risk. What are they? Well, there's market risk, there's business risk, interest rate risk, and purchasing power risk. And right now, out of those four categories, we are dealing with three of them. We're dealing with three out of the four investment-type risks. How does this play out, right? How does this play out? And by the way, you know, I, ju I just thought of this here. You know, I was speaking with someone earlier this week, and we were talking about the types of investor behavior. Now, I'm just going to change the subject here talking about the types of investor behavior, and this, this will flow into this investment risk thing that we're talking about here in a moment. You know, and it's proven out time and time again that the impatient investor really hurts him or herself. The patient investor gets rewarded long-term. And that's where you have to sort of break down and take a look at what opportunities the market is offering, even in volatile times like this. Be patient, be wise, okay? Four different types of investment risk. Market risk, business risk, interest rate risk, and purchasing power risk. So the only thing that we really don't have pushing against us right now is business risk. Businesses are doing well, right? Corporate earnings are coming in. We talked about that at the top of the show. Very, very strong. And they're anticipated to continue to do strong in throughout 2022. Now, they're probably going to start coming back down a little bit, back towards a more normal economy as we normalize things throughout 2022 and 2023. But make no mistake, corporate earnings are doing very, very well right now, and that's a good thing. But you take a look at, at market risk. What's defined as market risk? Are we having market risk? Market risk presents itself during times of volatility when the impatient investor panics and says, you know what, wait a minute here. I, 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 I'm going to move this over here. I'm going to move that over here. 
Oh, yesterday this, this did really well. I'm going to chase that. Oh, oh, you know what? I read an article that says this, that, and the other. Wait a minute. Time out. We need to take a look at what's going to be the leadership in the market once we get inflation fixed. Right now, inflation is disrupting the market, right? Inflation is disrupting the stock market. So at some point, inflation is going to be fixed, right? It's going to come back down. Now, it may not come down to the levels it was last year, but it's going to subside. It's not going to be as erratic. It's not going to be as painful, you know, at some point down the road. So it will come back down. And then when it comes back down, what positions are going to be, what asset classes, what types of stocks are going to take leadership at that point? Because the inflation pressures that we have, it's not going to last forever. Do you think it's going to last four years from now? Three years from now, two years from now, one year from now, six months from now, five weeks from now, at some point it's going to subside, either by supply catching back up to demand or by the Federal Reserve coming in and tapping it down. So when you take a look at market risk right now, you want to be able to, to, to look through the fog of inflation, understand the mechanics to, to pull it back down, and then take a look at where leadership's going to be. The question is, how bad is it going to be and how long will it last? That's why, like I was talking about at the top of the show, sort of a precursor to this segment here, is we want to really take a look at slowly repositioning investments inside of our portfolio as more and more economic data comes out. Again, the patient investor has an opportunity to be rewarded, whereas sometimes the impatient investor gets hurt by him or herself by constantly moving in and out. The second type of risk that we're having today is interest rate risk. We are seeing interest rates rise. But wait a minute, Larry, if I get more money in my, in my bank account, isn't that good? Well, yes and no. It's rising because inflation pressures are rising. So when interest rates start to go up, what happens? Credit card rates go up, mortgage rates go up, financing goes up. You know, look at all these things that are tied to the 10-year note. Corporate, note, uh, corporate lending goes up. It just slows the economy. When interest rates go up a little too high, it slows the economy, and it makes capital harder to acquire. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to stop the economy at all, right? You know, you'll still be able to go out and finance a house. You just might not have a three-car garage put on it. You might have a two-car garage put on it. You see what I mean? So it's just going to slow things down a little bit. Uh, not until the 10-year note over the last 20 years or so, if it gets above 3.5%, that really slows down the economy. When you look at it long-term from 1926 and on, roughly when it gets to 4.3%, it starts to slow down the economy. So you've got old legacy economy and sort of new modern-day economy, right? So watch that number right there. So we're having interest rate risk. How does interest rates affect stocks and bonds? Right. If we're having interest rate risk, how does it affect stocks and bonds? There are certain stocks that that take leadership when interest rates go up and certain stocks pull back. But how long are interest rates going to continue to climb is the question. Right. Maybe six months, maybe 18 months. But at some point, you've got to make sure that maybe you're renting this type of a market, but still owning the longer term perspective in the market. And that's a balancing act that, that you have to bring to the table. On the bond side of the house, what happens when interest rates go up? There's two sides to the bond market. The first side, interest rates go up, bond prices go down. 
That's not a good place to be these days. On the other side of the bond street, there are bonds that when interest rates go up, bond prices go up in value as well. And when interest rates get to a certain point, you start to see yield go up from 3% to maybe 4 and and you know, just, just depends. So take a look at what's inside your investments, especially the bond market these days, and ask yourself the question, you know, next week you're going to be getting your January statements, right? Some people say, don't look at them. Okay, you're not going to be happy. Other people say, no, dive in and take a look and analyze it, right? Okay, this too shall pass. 100% of the time in the history, the stock market, whenever it pulls back, 100% of the time, it has always set a new high. And it's, it's also a buying happy. opportunity, right? We can, we can look it is a buying opportunity. That is correct, Chris. We've got to look to see what's going to be on the other side of the foggy lens of inflation, what's going to take leadership, and what's going to push us through this period of time, whether it be six months, 18 months, whatever it may be, okay? It's going to pass. So we're trying to give some, you know, some, some advice today on making sure you're not panicking, making sure you know what you own, making sure that you're slowly changing your portfolios around based off of more and more economic data that's coming out, right? So interest rate risk will play out a role definitely in stocks and in bonds in your portfolio, okay? Uh, I know that we've been repositioning bonds in our portfolio for, for a year and a half or so, whatever it is now. Uh, getting ready for this. Uh, purchasing power risk is the fourth of the four items. So, so <laughs> excuse me, when you're looking at investment risk, market risk, business risk, interest rate risk, and purchasing power risk, purchasing power risk is this, just that. You have to make sure that you keep purchasing power, right? You know, remember your parents go to go to the uh, movies, Chris, for a dollar. What's it cost us today, right? Two thousand dollars because I always go to the, the concession stand, and the concession stand costs you a lot. There you go, exactly. Get that big thing of popcorn. My yeah. point is this, though: that that down the road we need to make sure that our money outpaces three things: taxes, inflation, and fees. Purchasing power risk, and with inflation rising the way it is, you know, still the long term, the long term position on inflation, or or, or, or average, I say, is about three point seven four percent. So for the last, what is it, 10, almost 18 years now or something like that, we've had inflation below 2% roughly. So we've had a period of very low inflation, but it will revert back to the mean. You know, with inflation kicking around at, at 5.2 annualized right now, people are going, ah, well, wait, 7, well, you're looking at month over month, not year over year, just depends on how you look at these numbers, right? So so when you, when you take a look at it and you go, over the next 35 years of your life, over the next 55 years of your life, do you think that these numbers will revert back to the mean? And I'm a big believer in that. At some point, they will, right? I've seen it so many times. So, yeah, so, so that's how you want to run out your financial plan. And you want to gauge your purchasing power, not off of recent bouts of inflation, not necessarily off of the inflation number you're feeling right now, but the long-term historical average is what you want to really base your numbers off on inflation pressures. Because it'll ebb and flow above that above that average line, and and so purchasing power risk is very very important, and that's where you hear people all the time saying, "Well, I'm on a fixed income. I don't know if I should do this. You know, I'm retired and things like that." So so it's important that that even though the market has volatility with it today, 
that you sort of look inside your investments and segment them out inside your account. And I was, I was demonstrating this to a client the other day because they were saying, well, you know, which position am I taking money out of right now? How is it? You know, what's going on? And I said, well, it's, it's basically almost flat for the year. It's really not down that much. And, and they're like, well, what about the markets? They're, they're all over the place. And I said, yeah. So in your accounts, here's the way you want to sort of be thinking about things. You know, if you have 10 different positions, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but we need to drive this point home, okay? Because portfolio design is really, really good. When, when you know, portfolio design is, is, is important, and it needs to be good. And, and my point is this, is, is you really never pay too much attention to it until you have to pay attention to it, right? And when you're looking at it from this standpoint and you're saying, okay, if you have 10 different positions in your portfolio, maybe three of them are designed for income now, even if you're not taking income now. And maybe the other six or seven or eight or whatever it is, is designed for medium and longer term growth. Because you still, if you're, if you're 70 years old today, you still need income when you're 80 and 90. That means that, that a piece of your portfolio still needs to continue to grow during your retirement years, right? And, and while at the same time, a piece of your portfolio needs to be delivering income from reliable sources in a tax efficient manner. So you've got to blend all these things together. You know, it used to be a long, long time ago, you would retire and live for about seven, eight years. Now people are retiring and living for 30 plus years. So you've got to have that design inside your portfolio. So, so it's a very interesting time to really take a look. And the market volatility is presenting a lot of uh, opportunity to really take a look at the design of what's inside your portfolio. Hey, if you want to take a look at how how your portfolios are designed, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com and shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to send you out a kit that talks about uh, how to design your portfolios and things like that. It's inside our, our, our uh, basic um, uh, toolkit. You know, I'm not sure if the phones are working right now, Chris, or, or what's going on. I don't yeah, know. The phones <laughs> do work. The phones do right. work. You can't call in. Go ahead and call in if you'd like to talk to Larry. And we just have a little problem with your mic and your sound is all today. But if you'd like to call and talk to Larry, you certainly can. He can hear you. Um, so if you'd like to call 855-767-3123, that's 855-ROSE-123. You ready for a break here, Larry? Let's take a quick break here, Chris. Okay. If you listen to Making Money Sense, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. If you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio, having a little difficulty with our audio this morning, but you can still call and he can hear you and we can talk. So go ahead, 855-767-3123. Larry. If Chris is a caller on Monty, just go ahead and take care of uh, him and make sure I'm Pitting him up just here. the regular uh, buttons here. Just the regular buttons, sir. All right, let's welcome Nelson on the line from Missouri. Good morning, Nelson. How are you? Nelson, can you hear us here today? Well, maybe we are having a little difficulty with our, our phones as well. Nelson, are you with us? There's a little green man in our computer system. <laughs> yeah, something's a little bit wakey. I guess he's not uh, able to hear. Nelson, can you hear me? Now, let's see. Uh, Chris, I've got a great idea go. here. There let me, let me take uh, over the technology of it all, okay? So uh, can you hear us now, Nelson? I'll give everybody your cell phone, and they can call on that. How's that sound? <laughs> let's try that. Oh, just pedal it a little bit harder. Let me see if I can. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, he's trying to talk to us, uh, but he can't hear us. I guess you can't hear us, right, Nelson? All right, we'll try. We'll try a different uh, approach here. And I don't know. It's a you know one of those days. The moon is over the sun or something. Uh, I've got nothing to do with the moon, man. It's just whatever. <laughs> okay, no worries. Uh, wow. Hey, maybe this is a good sign that the markets are going to take back off. Again. That's what it is. Rock bottom, right? It is. That's right. That's go. it. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, um, um, I, I did a piece on what does it look like when we recover. I did this, uh, I did a whole show around this, this, this piece. Um, what does it look like when we recover? When we were t- sort of towards the bottom of uh, COVID, around April or so, March, April or May, whatever it was, of 2020, right? I, I, I did a piece on this. What does it look like when we recover? What is the banking industry going to look like? You know, banking industry is pretty solid, even today. So I want to change the, sub, change the question now and say, what does it look like when we recover from this market volatility and the inflation, right? Are we still going to be working from home? Well, a lot of people probably will. How does technology play into the inflation equation? Well, your technology stocks really don't really take a back seat to your value stocks while inflation's, while they're figuring it out, while rates are rising. 
But remember, technology is a deflationary effect on the economy. Let me say that again. Technology is a deflationary effect on the economy. You know, right now, think about this. You can, you can call up your doctor and do a telemed. You can do a video Zoom, a, a FaceTime, whatever it is, type of a, a meeting with your doctor. If it's just a, you know, garden variety type visit, right? Um, and and that, think about the time that saves you. Think about the time that saves in, in fuel costs, um, wear and tear on the cars. You know, what about sending and receiving information? both personally and business-wise. Again, technology is a deflationary factor in an economy. And technology companies, even though um, uh, the, the markets are going through volatile times, they're not done innovating. They're not done creating. They're not done advancing. They're not, they're not done continuing to, to get more and more market share. They're not done in, 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 in healthcare, in biomedical research, they're not done in technology, sending and receiving information. You know, there's all kinds of things that are out there, right? Uh, what about commercial real estate? What does that look like on the other side of inflation? You know, how about the future of taxes, right? What a tough time to be thinking about raising taxes when interest rates are going up and markets are volatile, you know? We're still in an all-time low tax bracket right now. And, and, you know, what does that mean going forward down the road? We talked a little bit about that tonight, today at the top of the show, making sure you have proper tax allocation things set up. Uh, how about shopping? Is shopping going to continue the way it is now? Are we going to see more and more people shopping online? Again, deflationary effect in the economy. How about restaurants and schools? What's happening there? So you can see that technology is touching all parts of the economy. So is energy, right? touching all parts of the economy. And, and, and again, it's a deflationary scenario. So what does it look like down the road? What does your portfolios need to be looking like? You know, and, and when you examine some of the reasons that people fail financially in retirement years, one of them is, is to sort of failure to set clear, and I would say clear and understandable financial goals and objectives. You know, so where are you today? We need to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And then take a look at it, analyzing that. Get with a financial advisor who can analyze those, that information for you. And then really take a look at, okay, what do we have to do to try and make, make things come out the way we want them to come out, right? Uh, when, when it all comes down to it, you know. A lack of understanding about what money can do for people is vital to understand as well. Understand the power of compound interest in time, right? Understand quality investments versus not. Understand how to best take advantage of tax laws when it comes to investing your dollars. You know, um, uh, you know, failure to prepare for the unexpected is another, another scenario that people fail financially. You need to make sure that you have the right type of insurance. <clears throat> Talking with a friend of mine, and he gave me a great line on insurance, which is, you know, do you want insurance or do you want to be insured, right? Do you want insurance or do you want to be insured? And there's a big difference right there. You know, when you take a look at your auto, your home, your umbrella policies, you know, make sure that they have that you have the right amount of insurance.
for the asset that you're trying to protect. Same with your same with your life insurance. Make sure you have the right amount of life insurance for the assets that you're trying to protect. You know, you look at family formation years, you know, before retirement, when kids are young, when kids are in college, when kids are young adults, you know, you're you're probably buying life insurance at that point to protect your income should something happen to you, right? There are people that are dependent upon your income. That's why you're buying it. What are the minimums on that? You know, it, it, it's suggested that you have somewhere between five and ten times your income uh, for life insurance based off of the age of dependent children, based off of percentage of household income you provide, uh, debt, and, and, percent, and, and um, you know, standard of living that survivors wish to maintain. You know, when do you, so how do you look at that? How do you calculate that? Take a look at your group insurance benefits at work, as well as your benefits from uh, private insurance as, uh, also, you know, and then people will say, well, wait a minute, Larry, the, the kids are grown and gone. I'm approaching retirement or I'm in retirement. What do I do with my existing insurance policies? I get that question all the time. And there's a handful of things you can do. One, you can contact the, the insurance company and say, hey, if it's a cash value policy, do I need to keep paying these premiums anymore or can I just stop paying the premiums and the policy stay in force for the rest of my life? That's what's called an in-service calculation. They can, they can do that for you and say, yeah, you don't have to make pre premium payments anymore. You know, done. And the policy stays in force. People have a lot of capability to do that. Sometimes people just simply say, you know what, I don't need it anymore. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to cash it out. Other people will say, well, wait a minute here. There's no sense in cashing it out. Why not just let it be there for a tax-free legacy for kids or grandkids? You know, so, so that policy that was protecting your income all along these years while you were growing your family, growing your assets, now it can be switched over for disparate use, which is to provide tax-free inheritance for heirs should you pass. You know, I've never seen a beneficiary complain about getting tax-free money versus taxable money, right? You know, so, so, I mean, so think about that. So, so understand, you know, and prepare for the unexpected. What about long-term care insurance? Do you need long-term care insurance? What's the best type of long-term care insurance to have? What about disability protection insurance? You know, so there's a lot of different types of insurances out there that you need to take a look at. Beginning of the year, first quarter of the year, annual review time. Go down this checklist. Ask these tough questions. Look at look at the programs. Did your group did your group coverage re redo their their benefit packages? How does that affect you? You know, should I take my spouse's health or care or your health care? Whatever the the story is. So lots of questions when it comes down to all of this is making sure that you you prepare for the unexpected. Uh, I was speaking with a client earlier this week. They were talking about you know, hey, I've, I've got a little too much money saved up in the bank right now. I want to go and invest some of it. It does. We're still having a little bit of trouble with the audio and everything else here, but you know, hey, it's one of those weekends. We appreciate you guys hanging with us though and listening in. So, Larry, we'll. Try it again next week, I guess. Do some work on it this week. Bob in the back.